0: Good evening, citizen. My name is Ban Shatterson, captain of the Bloody Hand Mercenary Company. Fighting and killing is our business, and business is good. The winds of war billow across the entirety of our mighty empire. And as we've looked at the insurgence of the heirs of Terranail, so does our focus shift more external threats. And here, to a new territory, Ossium, claimed by the brave and loyal armies of the Empire. But not all is as it seems. With new territory, especially captured from the Druge, there is much more to it than simple conquest. The forests of eastern Ossium are dark and deep and trackless wastes. Haunted by centuries of cruel savagery, even with the grip of the dreadful Druze miasma largely broken, they still lie under a shroud of melancholy and danger. Shortly after the autumn equinox, as the freeborn Fire of the South lead a great train of Ossium Orcs west towards Skarsind, Four imperial armies cross the far borders of the Echo Fell and pass into the forest of Ulnak. When the Empire first took the fight to the Druge, when the armies of Dawn crossed the Semalak on the Golden Causeway to meet their Varushkan and Thule allies, they strode forth with heads high and the imperial battle anthem echoing across the waters. The invasion of Ulnak could not be more different. An attempt to get the soldiers to sing as the armies began to mobilise falters almost immediately. Back when the Empire didn't even know the name of the territory it was invading, it seemed paradoxically clear or easier to imagine glory and victory. Now, the Empire has seen what the Druze do to their own lands and what little the Great Forest Orcs have been able to tell them About the forest of Ulnak suggests that the campaign to conquer it will be even more grim. Like the woodlands of Ossium, the trees of Ulnak are old, ancient even. Five soldiers together can barely make a ring around the trunk of some of the largest. Hung with streamers of moss, wreathed in ivy, and shrouded in brown and golden autumnal leaves, their branches weave together. To create a canopy that blocks out the sun. A ghoulish twilight hangs over everything, adding to the oppressive atmosphere of menace pervading everything. It is clear that as with Ossium, and with Rykos before it, the Druge have blanketed the forest of Ornak with a miasma of fear. Even soldiers, hardened by the invasion of Ossium, find it difficult to resist the persistent disquiet that shrouds the woods. Happy memories seem distant, and it is all too easy to slip into a spiral of self-doubt and regret, or to allow uncertainty to overwhelm courage. The Dornish keep each other's spirits up with a veneer of bravado, with stories of glory and with gifts of favours. The Varushkans trade black humour, and melancholy cautionary tales. We have iron hearts, they joke, as well as iron boots and iron axes. The legacy of the Vard, indeed. But it is all too easy to be deceived by a trick of the light into thinking that something horrible has just moved behind a tree, or that the natural sounds of the forest presage some surprise attack. Worse, sometimes it is too easy to dismiss a sound or a furtive shadow as a trick of the light when it really is an enemy moving stealthily through the trees. There are druids here, Druj warriors and scouts, apparently keeping a close eye on the western borders of ulnak 20,000 imperial soldiers were never going to be stealthy but the Druze seem to be aware of their presence almost as soon as they crossed the border from Ossium. almost immediately the armies encounter traps and ambushes stragglers are waylaid without warning by fast-moving skirmishers breaking from the undergrowth sowing as much confusion as possible then fading back into the brush before anyone can react withering arrow fire shreds lightly armoured soldiers, seemingly timed to attack the weakest flanks almost as soon as a force leaves the crushing claustrophobia of the trees and tries to cross an open clearing. The traps are as deadly as they are inventive, pits whose walls are lined with envenomed barbs, poisoned spikes covered with loose leaves, tapering dead falls designed to collapse and smother Those unfortunate to fall into them. In some cases, entire trees hung from ropes are placed along the paths, designed to scythe through the ranks of whatever unit is unlucky enough to trigger them. Some of these waylays are new, but the majority seem to be old, perhaps remnants of an internal druge conflict. As with previous forays into the Malum, it is not just the sapient creatures or the supernatural dread that test the mettle of imperial forces. The natural creatures of the Forest of Ulmac are just as vicious and just as venomous as the orcs. Woe betide the soldier who accidentally disturbs a death Stinger hive or stumbles into a nest of thumb-sized, flesh-hungry ivory ants. The forests also seem to be home to a truly staggering number of different breeds of scorpion, spider and snake. Perhaps it is some perverse side effect of the miasma, but none of these creatures seem to have any fear of humanity. What begins as a joke soon becomes a deadly reality, for the smaller creatures seem drawn to the warmth of human bodies, or the roomy confines of imperial boots left empty. For the night. Despite all this opposition, both active and implicit, the armies are making reasonable progress, with the massed ranks of the Golden Axe leading the way. Reinvigorated by the support of their people, the Varushkan soldiers have embraced the weapon, the tool, that adorns their standards. Many of them carry great logging axes, and though it slows them down, they quickly demonstrate a proficiency for clearing areas of trees and using those trees to make compact and defensible camps for themselves and their Dornish allies. Several of them joke that if the Jews have not bothered to build any roads through the heart of their forests, the Golden Axe are just the people to show them how it is done. While the cynical northerners trample tree and orc alike beneath their iron boots, the Griffin's pride bring their own experience to bear. They are here to conquer the Malum, and they will allow neither haunted forests nor Druze butchers to gainsay them. As the axe pushes eastwards, the pride sends contingents of heavily armoured soldiers north and south scouring the backwards for opposition and for signs of settlement. They do not find many, a few decrepit camps or collapsing villages seem to represent the entirety of the druge habitation of this part of the forest. Sometimes they encounter ambushes in these villages but more often they see signs of recent habitation abandoned days or even hours before they've arrived. The subjects of druge flee before the Dornish. While the Imperial soldiers may have orders to make contact with the inhabitants it seems none of the orcs are prepared to risk speaking to the invaders. For their part, the Hounds of Glory and the Golden Sun alternate between pressing forward and consolidating the gains that the Empire has made. Their main focus is on reducing losses to the barbarian druid defenders and their traps and the trackless wilderness. Heavily armoured knights stand guard at night While more lightly armoured yo-folk scouts ahead of the main forces, engaging the druw skirmishers on their own terms and retreating as soon as they encounter any serious opposition, providing invaluable warnings to the main body of the force. In a way, the land itself resists the Empire. There are no roads and very few tracks. What throughfares there are, are often trapped. Yet, it would be wrong to call this part of the Forest of Ulnak featureless. From time to time, the Empire encounters overgrown clearings, some of them large enough to contain an entire Dornish or Vorushkin village. Indeed, there are often signs that these places might once have been the site of actual Druze settlements. Collapsed frames, discarded pieces of rusted metal and bones amongst them. So many bones. It becomes a common occurrence for a group of soldiers pitching tents for the night or digging the trees to come across the bleached and weathered bones of orcs below the layers of leaf mould or tangled among the roots of the trees. Some of the remains seem to date back centuries. These skeletons might go some way toward explaining another unsettling phenomenon that comes as the sun sets. And true darkness falls especially in the clearings where villages once stood there are signs that this part of the forest is home to a great many ghosts spectres wraiths and phantoms at first the reports are discarded as yet another result of the druge miasma but in time the body of evidence becomes overwhelming these woods are haunted one band of verushkin scouts speaks of discovering an entire village of pale-faced, uncommunicative orcs as evening was falling. The inhabitants refused to speak to the soldiers, staring at them with mournful faces and silently huddling together. An hour after sunset, every single one of them vanished, taking their ramshackle cottages with them, leaving the terrified scouts in a ruin Haunted and overgrown dell. Several of those scouts have since disappeared themselves, perhaps prey to some unwholesome curse. While the destroyed villages are bad enough, not all the remains represent orc subjects. Three weeks into the campaign, while setting up camp, an advance force of the Hounds of Glory finds dozens of orc remains under a layer of topsoil. But when the moon rises, and moonlight touches the earth, spectral orc warriors rise out of the ground itself and fall upon each other, fighting in complete silence. When one of the knights attempts to intercede, the orcs turn as one upon the Dornish invaders, and while the phantoms seem at first to be unable to directly harm the living. Their weapons leave freezing scars on the skin where they strike, and all those injured by the ghostly warriors quickly fall into a terrible despondence, from which only the direct aid of a troubadour is able to rouse them. Despite this, the Empire's invasion has not been repulsed, far from it. After six weeks, the armies have managed to claim a little over half of the Great Spreading Forest, and sent a few scouts to explore neighbouring areas. At this point, however, the Imperial forces begin to encounter serious resistance. A major force of orcs arrives, accompanied by several warbands of pakkad in chitinous black armour. Under banners of rearing emerald scorpions and savage clawed ebony beetles, these orcs put up a spirited defence, slowing the advance to a crawl. From thorough interrogation of captured prisoners, the Golden Axe are able to ascertain that these troops are part of the garrison of a grand fortress mentioned by the Great Forest Orcs, the citadel of Kasad built in the foothills to the north. Their orders are apparently to slow the invaders by whatever means necessary, rather than drive them out, to keep them in the western forest until the winter. The implication being that the Druze have prepared a strategy for dealing with the the Dornish and Varushkin forces. While the Golden Axe question defeated soldiers, the Golden Sun are finally able to make some belated contact with those few orcs living in the forest. For the most part, the orcs are terrified of the humans, but an audacious troubadour travelling with the Hounds of Glory manages to make peaceful contact with two of them. At last, the Empire is able to learn the name of the Haunted Wilderness that they are attempting to conquer, oowelt the trackless forest. Stumbling over their words, these frightened orcs are able to provide at least a partial explanation as to why the forest is so empty of life. According to their information, the Druze have spent the last year raising a new army in the forest of Ulnak in the eastern farmlands, an army made terrible by the blessings of the Scorpion Queen, and empowered with a potent set of elixirs and potions, brewed with, well, an indescribable quantity of herbs. The arts of the Burak tepel, from the clan of the Ebon Beetle, had been supplying them. The orcs were not prepared to say much more, more afraid of their druge masters and the vengeful Spider Queen that they were eager for the food and drink that the troubadour offered. But they did share several heartbreaking tales about how Owerwelt came to be haunted. After generations of fighting between the clans, a terrible curse was laid upon the place long ago by the defeated brook Tepel of the extinguished Wood Creeper clan. Those few villages left in the trackless forest belong to the last remnants of the woodcreepers condemned by the rest of the druge to live among the ruins of their former glory. Stories of ghosts and curses are all very well, but there are druge to be fought. As the winter solstice draws near, the imperial forces are halfway toward claiming Owerwelt, perhaps as much as three-fifths. The audacious strategies of the Golden Sun and the Golden Axe have allowed the invasion to make more progress than they might have made in the face of Vyazma, and the opposition from the soldiers of the citadel of Qasad Ulm. Of particular note is that there is no magic at work in the forest of Ulnak, at least none that the Empire is familiar with. It seems that, for all of their preparations, the Druze have not turned the full might of their baleful power to the task of protecting the great woodland. An oversight that they no doubt will rectify in the coming weeks. Now citizens, from my personal experience, should you be fighting druge, think no less of them for the way they are, their, their cruelty, their savagery, their barbarism. Whatever you estimate them to be, double it, triple it. Every single weakness you have, they will exploit. Should you love another member of your company, I guarantee you they'll find that person shrieking into the woodlands days later. They will infiltrate your camps at night. They will poison the barbs of their arrows. They will be impossible to catch and impossible to escape should they have you on the run. The only way is to get dirty as well. Poison their water, ambush them make sure that their own screams could be heard by their own troopers. War is not a fair game, and those of dawn might disagree that it is not glorious. It is a brutal and bloody affair, and thrice so when fighting the Druge. So keep your eyes open and your spear close to your chest.